welcome to the podcast. What? Oh yeah! Listen here, baby. Dig it? You understand, baby? What? First name John, last name Baker. Uh-huh. Brother. Hello and welcome to the Podski. I am your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks. And today we are going to do our review of AEW All Out 2022. Whew. It has been a wild 36 hours since that show. It has been absolutely insane. We're going to try to cover everything here. I will save the media scrum for the main event and because i'm sure that's what everyone wants to hear about or give comments on i'm sure i'm certainly going to give my comments and opinions on all of it so we're not going to do a weekly roundup jones we're just going to dive right into the pod so let's get started with AEW all out 2022 Definitely hurting the fans. And I know you don't care about the fans at all, but I do. So if you will show up at All Out, I am willing to swallow a very bitter pill for the sake of the fans. I'll put you in the casino ladder match. I won't force you to sign an extension. And I will pay you $50. But you have to show up at All Out. This is my final offer. You're not going to get a better one. You stupid old man. I'm a snake. The greatest thing the devil ever did was making people believe he didn't exist. All right, let's get into All Out. The one thing I will not do is I will not cover the pre show. It's not that I don't like the pre show, it's just I, it's, it was what, 15, this whole entire show was 15 matches. It's it's too much. It's now I will say that right off the top, I thought that this pay per view was way better than the previous one of Double or Nothing. This one felt it flowed very well. I thought I didn't feel I didn't feel exhausted with Revolution and Double or Nothing. I felt exhausted by the end of those they felt way too long this one didn't feel as long and i don't know if that's because i just had the pre-show on and i wasn't really focused on it or if that's just because it was just an overall better show i don't know uh but i will say that i am gonna give this show it's gonna be a good review i'm gonna save my official uh rating for the end but uh, the first match was the casino ladder match. It, those are always fun. I love the ladder match. The, I love the chaos of them, the high spots. You get all of it. And I think my favorite spot of that match, probably my favorite moment in the match for sure, had to be Pentagon later in the match. He did a Canadian Destroyer on the uh bridged ladder on the barricade and the ring the apron and then phoenix simultaneously did a splash off the top rope to the floor on a table and hit roosh with it 
it was insane. That was probably the highlight of the match aside from the Joker. And I just thought that everyone did a really good job. It wasn't long. It was perfect. I think that they, I think that match was like 17 minutes. They got in, they got out, they accomplished everything they wanted to accomplish. They didn't, they, it, it didn't feel like they were in there too long. I really, really, or that's what really, really made me enjoy that match. Uh, the, obviously the big part of the match was the Druids coming out and, I guess they're druids. I don't know. I'm going to call them druids. Uh, a, a few people dressed in all black came down to the ring whenever the Joker was supposed to come out before. And they cleared the ring. One of them was climbing the ladder, grabbed the chip. They pulled off their mask, and it was Stokely Hathaway, who has been going around each show handing out business cards to people and they've been accepting these business cards and giving him the wink and the nod and then simultaneously they all unmask and it's everybody that he's been handing these cards to so everyone's like okay who's this now the countdown happens for the final entrant who is the joker and there comes a um what happens is is that the symphony symphony for the devil plays a rolling stone song and there comes a masked man in like kind of the mask really resembled a sons of the harpy if you watch game of thrones the mask was very resemble of that uh that was really cool and they didn't unmask they gave the little finger wag like we're not gonna do that now and that was the winner of the Casino Battle Royal. So kind of left us with something of who is this person. Really gave us a little intrigue in the beginning. A nice little surprise-ish type thing. So I thought it was really good. Very, very well done, I thought. Then uh, next we got into the trios finals uh, with the Elite versus uh, Hangman and the Dark Order. The crowd was fully into this match. They were there to party. They did a great job. Uh, and for as much as I have not been in on Dark Order, they they were great. They did a very good job. I really like Silver and Reynolds. I love even more that their indie name was the Beaver Boys. Um, but yeah, I, I really like uh, Reynolds and Silver. I'm not a fan of the rest of the group. I wish that they would kind of just go away and I'm probably an outlier in that, but I'm just not a fan of the dark order. I'm not a fan of hangman and the dark order anymore. I want hangman to do his own thing and not rely on the dark order anymore. I know it's a good baby face thing and they're fine because you always got to have somebody there that can do these type of matches, but they don't always have to win. I totally get for having them on the roster and they have a place on the roster and there's the whole Brody Lee thing that you throw in there too. I understand why they're there. I just, they're, they're, I'm kind of over them. I'm exhausted from them, but this was a typical young bucks, Kenny Omega style match. They played the hits. They, one thing I will say about Kenny and the bucks they know how to do false finishes, and that's exactly what they gave us. They gave us a ton of false finishes there at the end, and it was top-notch, especially the face-off of Kenny and Hangman, the first time since their 
uh, championship match. At um, it, it was just it was incredible. the The crowd was absolutely melting for that. It was great. I really enjoyed this match. A really good follow up to the ladder match. Uh, and the uh, the the elite win the titles, and which we kind of all knew that they, they've been holding out for the they've been holding out the trios titles to get Kenny back. So um, I'm glad that they, they got to do that and they're very deserving. They're definitely the best trios team. Really excited to see where they go from here. Cause there's some really good trios teams in AEW and there's even some outside of AEW that they are working with in other companies. Uh, the TBS title of Jade and Athena. This was your first dead spot of the card. It sucks because you kind of want, I really want the women's division, the women's division to be better. And the, I really like Jade and I want to like Athena more, but Jade, she is the most uber athletic female I've ever seen in my life, but she's still quite not ready to be the tippy tippy top performer that you need i'm sure that that sounds awful because she is really good but she's limited and you can't put her out there for a long time and they kind of did but they had some sloppy spots but they their intensity in the match i think covered it up which made the match better for me it made it a little more believable i really like that and they didn't take too long. It was almost a little long, but it was about it was pretty perfect. They got in and they got out again. That's that's the name of the game in these in these pay-per-views for me. The yes, they are gonna have big blockbuster matches. And those are the ones that should absolutely get the time. But what sometimes what AEW has done in the past is that they put these other matches on the card that they feel are really good or really big matches, which in their own right they are but then they give them too much time and then that's where the crowd and everyone starts to get exhausted and some of that is by design too as well so uh i i i really like that they're keeping jade on this streak it's cool it feels she's like the goldberg of the women's division i really enjoy that but at some point, she's going to run out of people to go through. You're going to have to find somebody, and who can you put in front of her that's going to take that title off of her? I don't. I don't know. I I'm sure they got a plan for it, but I I'm still excited to see where they go with it because I really do like Jade. I really do like. I really 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 do like Jade, but I just wish there was a little bit more from her. And she's getting better. the The thing with Jade is that she is getting better, and that's that's always good news. Uh, so Jay did retain there, if I didn't say that as well. Jay, Jade retained. She's now, I believe, 37 or 38-0, and 0, which is, I mean, doing the streak is awesome. Keep doing it. Our next match was one that I was actually really excited for, was the FTR Wardlow versus Murder City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal. Uh, they... they <laughs> Uh, Motor City Machine Guns and Lethal instantly got heat from the start with the t-shirt. Uh, it, it was, uh, the, the shirt was great. Great heat. That's exactly what you need to get the crowd to hate you. 
and they were ready to party after that uh after that tbs title match they were ready for this match uh ftr that see if i understand why they did it because you know you only have one spot in the card you got to put two together i would have preferred this to be ftr versus motor city machine guns and wardlow versus lethal for the tnt title but i I really enjoyed this match. We need more Wardlow. That's all I'm going to say. We need more Wardlow. He was on such a rise in that MJF storyline. And it just seems like he's just, ever since that, he's just fizzled out. And that's just not good booking. And that's on that's on the booking team because he was, he he is the original homegrown talent. One of them. I remember whenever Dynamite first started on the third episode, I think like that's where we got our first Wardlow vignette. So it's great. I really enjoy Wardlow. We need more Wardlow. Please give us more Wardlow, Tony. Um, Next. Uh, there in the match, they had uh, Dax's daughter. Uh, FTR wins. Well, Wardlow wins, really. And uh, Dax's daughter comes down to the ring, and she then uh, pins Sanjay, and they had a nice little moment in the ring. Definitely good up for all those girl dads out there. Shout out to all the girl dads. And it, that that was a nice, good let-up moment for the crowd, a nice spot to get the crowd to relax a little bit, have a nice feel-good moment, because after this, this is where, the, uh, this is where they were going to be turning up the heat. So... What they did to turn up the heat next was they had the Hobbs and Starks match. This match I was really, really, really excited for because I'm a huge, huge Ricky Starks fan. And it it felt flat to me. And that's really disappointing because this was one that I was very, very interested in. I really wanted to see these guys go. Um, Starks, he... He has been very good on the mic. Um, I've I've been watching Stark since NWA Power, and he's done a very, very, very good job with that. And in him coming in for the TBS title challenge against Cody, that was awesome. And he kind of lost a, his way a little bit with the whole FTW thing. And now that he's out, I'm ready for a huge babyface run for Starks. That uh, didn't happen. The We had an unexpected finish. The first un unexpected finish of the night was Hobbs winning against Starks. Uh, it was kind of that, that finish kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. And I just wasn't expecting that. I was kind of expecting Starks, the babyface, to go over here. And that didn't happen. But uh, kind of excited to see where they go from here. Try to just take this entire ftw thing and get it out of the way now it's over let's just wipe the slate clean and let's go our separate ways so i'm totally cool with that the next match was my match of the night by far far and beyond this might be my favorite match that i've seen all year long it was great it was the AEW tag team title match for uh swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed and wow that's all I can say about this match. This match is five stars. The uh, the acclaimed have truly arrived, and they they were awesome. They were so awesome in this match. Ah, oh, and 
Swerve and Keith Lee, they made they really did a great job in this match. They made the acclaim look even better as well. And uh, it was just this match was so excellent. I'm a huge Swerve Strickland fan. Uh especially I saw uh I went to the Dynamite in Philly back in uh earlier this year and I Swerve was on the rampage and watching him work live was it was really cool. I really like seeing him live and I've been a huge fan ever since. And <laughs> the daddy ass Billy Gunn, he this whole scissor me daddy ass thing is so incredible. I love it. It is great. I love that they that Billy Gunn still has a place in wrestling and he's 58 years old, I believe. And he looks that good at 58. I mean, it's he's awesome. He is fantastic. The acclaimed are great. I can't. They've already confirmed that they are doing a, the Swerve in Our Glory retain the titles. They already said in the post media scrum that they are basically running it back for uh, Dynamite Grand Slam here in a few weeks. They are going to run it back there. I'm very excited for that. If if I, I don't know if you put the titles on the acclaim there. Everyone's been saying, oh, you should have pulled an audible there. But that's no. I think you get a bigger return in the if you have the rematch at Grand Slam and you give the title to them there. I think it's a way bigger return. And and if they do that, that's great. I mean, if the even if the acclaim don't win the tag titles, like they have ascended far and beyond those early tag teams that were in the division. And I'm talking about private party and top flight. The acclaimed are awesome. They have done some fantastic work this last year to get themselves on TV in these big matches. And they absolutely deserve to be there. Now they're absolutely a top contender in the tag division. Very well-deserved loved it. Following that up was uh, this <laughs> another dead spot. The crowd was absolutely melting for for the tag match, and they needed a letdown spot. And this always seems to be a theme in the AEW pay per views. They always put the women in a really bad spot, and they had the women's four way for the interim aid, uh, women's title. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I feel bad saying this, but I, I just, I, I needed this for myself. I needed a let up spot. So I had to give myself a break because I knew what was coming and I didn't want to wear myself out. So I'm going to give a pass on this one and we're just going to move into the next one. It That sounds terrible, I know, but I, I needed to do it for my own sanity. But Tony Storm won the interim title. And that's the that was going to be the plan anyways. If she was she was going to beat Thunder Rosa, if Thunder Rosa wasn't hurt, she was going to beat her anyways. So they went and stuck with the plan, and let's let's get a fresh face in there, somebody that's going to work with everybody. Let's let's rebuild this women's division and let's do it the right way. And this next match was a really quick one, but boy, it did it deliver. I I was rendered speechless during this match. Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. They had a great vignette to start the match. It was a great lead-in, especially because they had that interview with JR on Dynamite earlier in the week. 
the um, cage comes out. He has a huge brace on his arm. And that was something that we hadn't seen. Like, well, I mean, because he never hardly wrestles anymore, but wasn't expecting him to come out and be hurt or injured. So he comes out and uh, Jungle Boy's music hits, gets a huge reaction. He comes out to the ramp and all of a sudden he's attacked by Luchasaurus. And Luchasaurus gives him the choke slam on the grates that are where the pyro go off. And it looks stiff as fuck. I mean, that looked brutal. I was speechless. I, oh, the marks on his back were just awful. I can't believe that he took that bump. Kudos to Jungle Boy for going out there and taking that bump. And then going in the ring, Christian ended up winning the match in a very quick match. They did a, basically did a squash because Christian was hurt. I'm sure they're going to continue the story so that they can put a proper match together because I really want to see that. And I really think that Christian can really take Jungle Boy and pull that moniker away from Jungle Boy and make him Jack Perry. Because that's what essentially what I believe they're trying to do. And I don't doubt them for doing that. It's a really good call. Next was the Jericho versus Brian Danielson. And this match ruled. This was a great professional wrestling match. This match ruled. Jericho was fantastic. He just always, he, I said it a couple weeks ago from the Quake by the Lake show. He always delivers. Jericho is absolutely the man. I love Jericho so much. They, he just is so awesome. The, the worst thing about this match was Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson's entrance. What the hell was that? That was the absolute shits i never want to see i get that he's like singing your your entrance music but please never again absolutely never again <laughs> uh, the the one thing that i that i wrote in my notes during this match <laughs> was jericho's pants constantly falling apart it popped me every single time they not that they fell apart but they just kept falling down they every time he was in a position they fell down and he was always pulling his pants up it was it just popped me. I don't know why. I, I just I couldn't stop. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing throughout. The addition to Daniel Garcia, but the basically this is a fight for Daniel Garcia to see if he's gonna join the JAS or if he's gonna stay in the JAS or if he's gonna go to Blackpool Combat Club. That adds a nice wrinkle to the story, but man, these guys are some of the best in the business at what they do. And they went out there and they delivered an A plus match, and that's that's all you had to do. I'm very intrigued to see what they do with JAS and Blackpool Combat Club going forward. But boy, did they they gave you a pay-per-view match and that's all you can ask out of those guys. Hell of a job. But Jericho did win. He cheated to win. And now Daniel Garcia is contemplating whether or not he really wants to stay in the JAS or if he wants to uh, really go to the Blackpool Combat Club. And next, we had the uh, House of Black versus Miro. This match, I, I don't really have much to say about the match. I was incredibly excited for this match because I am a huge Miro fan. I need more Miro in my life. I, we need it. And um, this was House of Black versus Miro and Darby and Sting. Darby and Sting, they're always great together. They're, they're a match made in heaven. 
love them together. But uh, there really wasn't much to really say about it. I, I just... Black is apparently gone. He hasn't been removed uh, from the roster page on TV, or I mean, not on TV, on the uh, website yet. So that's that's good news. It, it did. It was reported that he asked for his release, and it wasn't because of AEW. It was more because of his spiritual. He needed some time off. I, I mean, I don't understand why you're asking for time off if you like take a vacation. Don't ask. Don't ask to be released. Just like, ask for time off. Don't ask for your release. I mean that that's ridiculous. Like what? That makes no sense. But I'm not there. I'm just a dude that just loves watching wrestling. So that's just my take on that. As I said, like we absolutely need more Miro. We need the most Miro that we can possibly get. That's. I mean, we just need it. He's so great. He deserves a big push. All right. Uh, well, we're at the main event of the show, not personal, not the main event of the pod per se. The main event was Punk and Mox. Uh, Punk Punk's gear was incredible. The Brett gear in the Chicago colorway was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. The crowd was so into this. They were so into it. Loved all of it. Um, and that's that's what helps makes matches for me is when the crowd's in it because if the crowd is just sitting on their hands, it really it really really does take away. But um, but yeah, uh, Moxley when he is, when Moxley is on the top of his game, he he is just so great, and I I, I really want Mox to. What sucks for Mox is that he always kind of is the champion at the wrong time. He became the interim champion during the during Punk's, you know, like recovery. He was a champion during the pandemic. It it just kind of it, it just really sucks because Moxley deserves Moxley's great. He deserves to have a true run as a champion at some point here, and he will. I'm I'm for certain he will. But he is a top-notch guy. Love all of his work. Love the character that he is now. It's great. Uh, but Punk bled a gusher. Uh, the big, the big spot of this match was Punk doing the GTS and him just falling to his knees. And Moxley was basically knocked out and just fell on top of Punk. So Punk therefore couldn't pin him for the win. Uh, that was a really awesome spot. Uh, but Punk ends up winning. The uh, lights go out. And what you hear is a phone call from Tony Khan. And that is what played into the intro for this pod is the big reveal of what I was predicting was going to happen. I predicted that MJF was going to come back. So there was a phone call from Tony Khan that was playing over the loud system, the PA system, and it was basically saying, like, you've been gone for so long, you need to come back for the fans, I will pay you this amount of money, and you will show up at All Out. And the masked man from the Casino Battle Royale in our very first match appears on the screen. He unmasks. It is MJF himself. He gets... 
an enormous pop, huge pop, and our championship match has been set for the future. MJF versus CM Punk again, and the show ended. A excellent ending to the show. I thought that that was that is exactly what I predicted. Uh, I'm glad my prediction was right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really glad they, they took a really creative approach to it. Uh, very much enjoyed it. It was awesome. But now for the main event. And the main event is what took place after the show. So we're going to take a quick pause for the cause. And we are going to come right back with the All Out Media Scrum. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing and if y'all are at fault fuck you if you're not i apologize all right that was our quick pause for the cause real quick i had to take a pause because there is just so much to talk about in this media scrum there has been a lot of stuff that's been going on that i've been covering in the weekly roundup jones that really came to a head this weekend and it all came to a head at the all-out media scrum this is where they did the press conference post-show, and it kind of started off with a bang. CM Punk did a very CM Punk thing. He came right out and started just shooting on Colt Cabana and everything that kind of went down with them and their relationship and how it ended. And then he really went to town again on Hangman. Then he went to town on the EVPs, and it, as it was happening, because I was, as soon as these shows end, I go directly to Twitter, because I want to see all of the news, and I, I wanted to see the reaction, because MJF was back, and what we found was everything that was happening in Scrum, and Punk just, he stole the show, it's... <laughs> Tony Khan looked about to be as uncomfortable as you could possibly be. Like if he could have just puffed into dust, he probably would have. And that probably would have been a better option than then to be Tony Khan in that situation. But I don't know. There's so many reports. There's so many conflicting reports. It's pretty much this all stems back to the hangman promo before double or nothing. And Hangman did that promo because he felt that CM Punk got Colt Cabana fired from AEW. And Punk stood up for himself here in this situation, but what he had done, he never really ever got his comeuppance, I guess you could say, on Hangman because he got hurt in the Double or Nothing match. So he basically went away right after that. So... As he comes back, then a few weeks later, or a few months later, then he does that promo where that I talked about a few weeks ago where he just kind of called out 
hangman and that wasn't it was just out of the blue it made no sense completely it was you could tell it was completely off script and everyone was like what the hell was that about and well it was because hangman took the liberties and it doesn't if you are looking or if you're on the outside looking in you're probably wondering why is that such a big deal because if you watch hangman's if you watch the hangman promo it doesn't seem like a big deal but in reality you know punk has always been tied to colt cabana and the whole thing with wwe and the lawyers and the suing and then colt basically screwing him over i don't know all of those details and i don't want to get into all that because i'm going to talk out of my ass and i don't want to do that but punk just really shit all over everybody and i was watching it and i and my initial reaction is like holy shit like this is awesome but then kind of what happened after that now things aren't awesome so essentially from what is being reported what happened was right after this right after punk got done with his press conference he left went to his locker room where he was starting to get undressed and taking his tape and everything off and apparently the evps uh kenny omega and the young bucks showed up to his locker room in a very aggressive fashion and a what is quoted as a melee ensued between the Bucks and Omega and Punk and a Steel, where apparently a Steel had thrown a chair and it hit Nick Jackson in the eye, and Punk had hit Matt Jackson a few times, and a Steel had bit Kenny Omega. Which, that is absolutely unreal to hear that someone was bit in a fight. That is unreal. I, I don't even have words for that. But, <sighs> violence isn't the answer. However, you know, we're talking about professional wrestling where there is violence. The, the whole name of the game is violence. So, this shit happens all the time. This literally has happened. It, it literally has happened from the beginning of wrestling times. And the media and everybody on Twitter will blow this up to make this out to be such an evil and awful thing. But damn it, this shit has been going on for years and it was never this bad whenever Sean and Brett did it in 97. Why is it this bad today? I, I That is what is frustrating for me. Chris Jericho fought Santino, punched him right in the face. Jericho also fought Brock Lesnar backstage. Like, none of these, like, these things happen. When people work together, inevitably, there's going to be a dispute. Does it need to be a fight? No, but however, you are in a testosterone-loaded space where you are in a fantasy world and it's all predicated off violence. It's bound to happen. Personally, I don't think the media scrum is a good thing because, I mean, it's really great. I mean, now in terms of con creating content and everything, it's perfect. This is exactly the buzz that AEW needed. This 
if you put all the shit aside and you can become, you can work as professionals. And I'm talking about the EVPs and punk. If you can put your shit aside and you can be professionals, you can build the biggest wrestling angle that has been done in the last 20 years. And you can really make the money that you want to make. You can put this company in a place you want to put it based off of this. This is the type of publicity. This is everything that you need. This is the perfect storm to take it to the next level. It's exactly what you need. And as of this recording, I, I don't know what that answer is. I don't know what's happening. No one knows. I, I, there could be stuff happening right now, and I have absolutely no idea. But as of right now, there has been nothing. There's only rumors. And the rumor that I have heard is just that there's been suspensions, that no one knows what is happening with Punk or the Bucks. No one knows. And I guess we're going to see very soon. I am hoping to uh, hear something. If something happens, I might throw up a quick little emergency pod. But as of right now, nothing has happened. But if you want to take this business to the next, if you want to take this company to the next level, this is how you do it. <laughs> you take this and you take a shoot and you turn it into a work because this isn't a work it is a shoot but the greatest stories lie in shoot and i i don't really have a side to pick because it could have been there is a clear lack of leadership in the company and that's very, very frustrating as a fan because my favorite, my two favorite wrestlers have become victim to poor leadership in this company. And I'm not, I have no doubts in this company. I'm not waving the white flag on this company. I'm not running back to WWE because I love, I love AEW. I love watching AEW. It's reignited my passion for watching professional wrestling. But it's pissing me off as a fan because my favorite wrestler was Cody Rhodes. He left because of poor communication, lack of, I, I don't know, lack of transparency or direction or leadership from the top of the company. He left and went to WWE. He looks like a genius right now based off of everything that has played out over the summer. And now you have my... My new guy that I needed, I because I was in an I was in a weird place when Cody left. I didn't know who to root for. Yeah, I, I mean I love the Bucks and I love the Bucks and Kenny, but Cody was always my guy. And then Punk comes in, and I always loved Punk. I always wanted Punk to come back, and then that he filled my need of a new guy. And there is a clear lack of leadership, and it's incredibly frustrating as a fan that this continues to happen this is exactly why you don't let the boys police the boys and you don't you don't let the boys you just the boys can't be evps they, they can't be management and be the boys it's a it it has happened time and time again where it doesn't work and this should be a clear indication that you can't do it 
So we'll see where it goes, but that's my mini rant on the situation. I, I don't have any other thoughts because I don't know what the fault, the true fallout is yet. So if anything big happens, which I'm assuming something big is going to happen, we'll do an emergency pod. But we're going to put this pod up early, and I uh, hope you all enjoy. If, please let me know what you think. What you think of uh, All Out 2022? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What was your favorite match? I know that my favorite match for sure was the tag match. Please hit me up on Twitter at the underscore Podski, and we will see you next week. And we are going to give a quick little teaser because next week I have something really big planned. We are going to have our first guest on the Podski, and we are going to introduce a new segment to the pod that we're going to do just for the football season because football has officially come back. College football was back this past weekend, so we're going to inject a new segment that is going to run for the uh, season in football, and uh, I'm really excited for it. I hope you all are excited for it as well, and we will see you next week on The Podski.